Welcome to Let's Connect. My name is Keith McPherson, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me for this next episode. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Lauren Cleveland and Adele Desjardins-Lapine, two amazing women that are doing some great work in the world of transformation. They're part of a weekend called Transformation Weekend, along with so much more to share. So sit back, relax, and let's connect. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Let's Connect. It's Keith here. And I am really, really looking forward to sharing a lot this week about um, how to move through transformation, especially in those moments when your life just kind of shows up and you're, you're up against all of the odds of things going well. How do you move into a place of new beginnings, into transformation? Uh, today on the podcast, Lauren and Adele are going to be here and they're going to share a lot about how they've moved through the transformational process. Um, we're going to be discussing a lot as well around their background um, being associated in the world of being first responders. Um, Lauren was uh, a first responder. She was actually a correctional officer um, in the prisons. And Adele also has had a whole background associated with um, first responders as well. And they have just so much wisdom to share about how to navigate when things are really stress and intense, how to self-care, some tips on that. There's just so much wisdom they're going to share. So um, I'd like you to just sit back and, and listen to this and enjoy the wisdom that they have to share. Before we get into the interview with them, I also just want to thank you all for being such an important part of this community. And I hope that you're enjoying these podcasts. It's, uh, it's really a blessing to be able to talk to so many different people in our community that are doing amazing things. And I do believe in the power of synergy and the power of just everything happening perfectly on time. And um, so I, I wanted to just remind you that if you're looking for a little bit of inspiration, I every morning send out a positive quote. Uh, it's called Daily Intentions, and it can come to your inbox on your email. It's also on my social media page. And it's just like a one or two sentence um, inspiration that you can sign up for and it'll start out your day with a positive note. So uh, you can check that out at my website, keithmcpherson.ca. And uh, speaking of positivity and living intentionally, let's move into our interview today with Lauren Cleveland and Adele Desjardins-Lapine. Here they are to share a little bit more about their work as first responders and the Transformation Weekend. All right, I'm uh, here right now with Lauren and Adele. As I said, Lauren Cleveland and Adele Desjardins-Lapine mm -hmm. is, uh, is with me here on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for, Thanks having, for us. having us. This yeah. is a really great surprise that you would drop into Winnipeg all the way from Alberta today. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. It's so great. <laughs> yeah, we're happy to be here. Yeah, and this is really the first time that we're meeting in person. Yes. Um, yep. I know a little bit about the work you're doing, but I'm so intrigued to learn more today. And um, maybe we'll just start with you, Lauren, if you want to just give me a little bit of background about your story, like okay, <laughs> what sure. you're up to yeah, in the world. Of course. Uh, so I, uh, my background is in corrections and psychology mostly. Um, I served as a corrections officer at Edmonton Institution for Women for eight years. And I left there knowing that I had some significant issues that I had to deal with, but I didn't deal with them. Um, I left, had a baby, and then decided to start a business, which was kind of like a distraction for me, I guess, mostly. And then through um, my business, I decided to attend something called Transformation Weekend 
strictly for my business. Like, how do I get my business to be better? And uh, showed up there thinking that I was going to make a goal to set for my business. And then I totally didn't do that. I set a totally different goal. And as I walked from, away from Transformation Weekend, I was like, I need to be a part of this. So I emailed Aaron like instantly and said, like, I love everything you do. I really this is feel Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Sky, Sky Kelly. Kelly. Yes. We're going to talk about We're going to talk well. about Aaron now. Um, okay. And uh, I said, like, I love this. This has really changed the way I feel. Like, we did so much self-care things and time management things that I was just like, I was a totally different person in two and a half days. Wow. And I started realizing that in order to move forward, I had to deal with the shit that I was carrying with me. <laughs> and that was heavy. It was a big thing to deal with. And I asked her, you know, how do I do this? How do I teach this to people? And she's like, come, I'll, I'll help you. I'll... I want you to be a trainer with me. So I became a master trainer with Transformation Weekend. And she took me like, just like, want to do this? Let's go. And I was like, wow. okay. And there was, a few, there was a few of us that did it together. And I just started like digging deeper and learning more about myself. And then I started teaching it to other people. And um, I did a lot of interviewing with inmates in the institution. And a lot of life coaching is kind of what I've done, right? Like, wow. So I took that and went forward with that. So I started like coaching. Um, I started doing leadership stuff with my girls at work, started an achievement club. Well, Aaron started achievement club and then I did the cameras branch and like things just kind of evolved. And then when I was looking for my niche, I was like, who do I want to help? What, you know, and I, I've, that's been my, my passion, my whole life is helping people and helping women and helping women who are, you know, um, criminals or marginalized or whatever. And then I realized that that wasn't where my heart was anymore. And then I was like, I need to help first responders because I've done this for myself. Mm. And I know so many people that um, don't have the awareness that I was lucky enough to gain later on in my life. And so, yeah, that's where this whole... so teaching transformation weekend, wow. doing stuff with first responders. Just, we were talking about it last night. We did a first responder thing in Winnipeg last night and just saying like, you know, the fish doesn't know what's in water. So how do you teach a fish to know, you know, like when you're in that, you don't know you're there. So it's like, how do we teach people to start those conversations or know that, you know, um, there's issues with alcohol and there's issues with addictions and all of these things when you're struggling with stress and right yeah so there's it's so been yeah it's been so it's been so cool and now it's like now I want to kind of take this and do more with first responders wow you, right? this is like just a full vision <laughs> I feel like we just got your entire life you in did like well less from than 22 on <laughs> that's amazing yeah. you've been very full on and uh, active holy moly yeah uh, yeah okay we're gonna have to break down some of that I'm, okay yes I'm go ahead I'm so curious to hear more <laughs> yeah but I also we also have Adele here as well and Adele I'd love to hear a little bit of your backstory and the work that you're doing as well in the world all right um my backstory is um I was married to a corrections officer and that's how Lauren and I are connected. But um, I uh, was not doing well in my marriage and we were struggling and, you know, probably what a lot of people with being married to somebody as a first responder encounters. So I was told about this great weekend to figure out self called Transformation Weekend. Oh. And so I went and attended this weekend, not knowing what I was going to get out of it, but knowing um, I was ready for change and willing to work on myself. And so 
I came out of that weekend knowing that my marriage wasn't going to flourish anymore and it was time to be codependent no more and have a voice and share what my needs and and wants were in life. And I had two young children and not sure how this was going to happen, but knew I just had to trust the process. And that's part of what Transformation Weekend taught me with building a vision board and, you know, having words on there that say, dance like no one is watching. And then I get Mm -hmm. to the apartment that I moved into and on the wall, it says dance like no one is watching. So you knew you were in the right place and I'm on the right journey. So I took transformation weekend in January. I took a divorce one in October. I took another one in January because I was in different stages of my life and realized at the third one, I wanted to be a part of what Erin does. And she has this catalyst crew that like run around in the background and they're there to support people. And I, I've been a caregiver all my life. Um, it's just all my job roles. It's what's in me. And, uh, I wrote down, like, I want to be on your Catalyst crew. And so I asked if she could find a spot for me. And she's like, we'd love to have you. Wow. And so from there, I said, I want to make a difference. I want to be a motivational speaker. And she said, oh, are you in my master trainer program? I'm like, what program? (laughs) And uh, she's like, normally I would interview, but you're just in. And um, so started that program. And that's where I met Lauren. And um, we shared hotel rooms and stuff. And we've talked and my niche is working relationship coaching and divorce and co-parenting. Wow. I want people to know that they can divorce amicably. We can be amazing, great co-parents together. And you can be a great co-parent. You don't have to actually get along with your partner to be a, a good <laughs> co-parent. It's about the kids. And so that's my niche. But my passion has always been, how do we help spouses of first responders? Because there wasn't supports. There wasn't help. I didn't understand what my husband was going through Mm -hmm. and talking with Lauren, she's also the spouse of a police officer. So she understands that piece Mm -hmm. as well. And we realized we need to share this with the world. Um, So we're out there with transformation weekend. We're setting goals and doing vision boards and learning how to be in alignment with what our purpose is. And then now here we are on the road doing first responder coffee and connection nights just to get that conversation started that there's no judgment, there's no shame. Yeah. um, But there's access to help and resources out there. Wow. I'm so appreciating your journey as well and hearing it just, I mean, the courage that you had to shift the way things were and to step into this new way of being and then all that's opened up for you Mm. is really inspiring to to sit with and hear for both of you actually and really learning how to trust that intuitive part that's like something needs to shift here is amazing. Um, I, for those listening that are not familiar with Transformation Weekend or Erin Sky Kelly, who I keep hearing her name everywhere, and it, it, she just sounds like this famous celebrity she actress. Totally is. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know is. who yeah. she is though. Can, can you um, maybe Lauren? We want to just describe a little bit about who Erin Sky Kelly is, the work that she's brought you both to, and then what is Transformation Weekend? Cool. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. So Erin, um, Erin has done numerous things in her life. I can't even like, she had a matchmaking business. She was a mortgage broker, a real estate agent. And she actually started um, teaching Transformation Weekend to her friends. And then her friends are like, can I bring my other friend to this? And what about my husband? Can I teach, can you teach this to my husband? So that she had like a group of, you know, sometimes 20, 25 people. And then she thought, well, 
why wouldn't I make this an event? Mm. Uh, it's our 10 year anniversary, 2020. So this year uh, in January, we do a, our biggest one is typically in Calgary or Banff for somewhere around there. Um, do you say 25 years? 20, or sorry, 10 years. Did 10 I say years. 25? I don't know. I'm, I'm I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said 10. Okay, 10 know. years. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so it's grown quite a bit. Um, we also have, as part of Transformation Weekend, we have a, a branch off of it, of Achievement Club. So what people were finding is they show up at Transformation Weekend yeah. and then go home to like their crappy friends that don't believe in their goals. And so Achievement Club was formed as you know, a monthly check-in or a weekly check-in to be like, these are my goals. So we run uh, Achievement Club calls and Achievement Club um, meetups. Wow. And so, yeah, so that was like, because people were finding they just weren't having the support system. So you have it at Transformation Weekend. You have people, you know, like Mm -hmm. not pissing on your dreams and you go home and tell your best (laughs) friend, like, I'm going to be a speaker about first responders and they're like no you're not and you're like right. oh right maybe I'm not going to right so we set up that support system yeah um, for people after Aaron's also involved with the power of success which um, we were talking about a little bit earlier but power of success is it's a promotion they promote um, Tony Robbins and Rachel Hollis and so that is coming to Calgary Aaron Sky Kelly speaks on the stage Awesome. Um, yeah, with them. And yeah, so she's just kind of been a mentor to me more mm-hmm. than anything. I know I can call her anytime I need her. We were, we always like laugh and joke. Like, I don't know if you saw this three years ago, they showed up in Winnipeg and asked <laughs> the cab, the cab driver to take them to like the nicest place in Winnipeg, like take us somewhere nice. And he pulled up to Polo Park Mall and they were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> there's also, well, yeah, there's a BuzzFeed um, article. Um, so I did Transformation Weekend here three years ago with them. And um, yeah, they wanted to see the, you know, the pretty parts of Winnipeg. So this and, is like Tony Robbins and well, Aaron Sky Kelly. and Aaron Sky Kelly. We were just the Transformation Weekend. So it wasn't a power success. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, so they're in the cab and show us something pretty, you know, like lights and whatever. And so he did, he went around the corner from Walmart and pulled up to Polo Park wow. uh, Mall. And he was like, you want to take pictures? Like he was, to him, this is what he thought they needed. Um, it's so, to see a shopping mall yeah. in the middle of Yeah, Winnipeg. so we just like, yeah. we were texting you last night about how funny it was. Like we drove by Polo Park Mall and I'm like, recognize this. And we just, wow. we all have really good relationships and we have fun. And um, so yeah, so now I'm on board with Power of Success. Great. And uh, there's Power to Influence. There's all these little branch wow. too. Of It's like, as I'm hearing you talk about it, I mean, it sounds like a real community of like-minded people that yes. Are, yes. are trying to live their best life. And when you hear the word transform, I often think about like moving from where you are into a whole new way of being, like in your mind, your body, your spirit. And I suspect some of that happens at these transformation weekends. Um, For sure. Adele, can you describe like a little bit more about like in detail, what happens at a transformation weekend? Oh, that's the greatest question because everyone's experience is different. It's individual for sure. Um, But what I know from my experience is um, I was able to dig deep as Lauren said, and, and it's emotional, right? Like you're letting go of baggage that you've carried with you maybe for years um, within even the first 20 minutes and you just get right down to the bottom and say, you know what? I am ready to change. Like you said, that transformation, like that full change. And what are my possibilities? And we get to dream and dream big. And wow. it takes you to this level of like, what is possible? Yeah. No limiting beliefs. No, none of that stuff that we self-sabotage with. And you come out of there and you've set your goal. 
And we call it like a pee your pants goal because <laughs> it should scare you enough that you're going to push through it. And right. you, but the biggest thing I learned is that it doesn't matter sometimes if I even achieve it. The growth that I've had, the expansion in getting there yeah. is way more than I would have done had I continued to just live the life that I'm living right now every day, which is mediocre. Wow. I don't want a mediocre life. What surprises me is that this can all happen in a weekend. Like this It's this two and a half days. Like, and you build bonds. Like when you have a hundred people in a room and you get to that emotional level and you share and you know, you have trust and there's that vulnerability. Yeah. Um, and we make magic happen. Like there's, I, I was Mr. Uranus one time. <laughs> oh no, that was, um, Sarah Bailey was Miss Uranus. I was Miss Europe. Um, and we just helped this woman who wanted to be in a pageant and sing. That was her talent. And so we did a little mini Miss Universe pageant and we dressed in glittery tablecloths because that's what we had for dresses. <laughs> and my talent was to play the spoons. So I played the spoons and um, we just want to show them that we can do it. Like we just made that dream happen. Wow. So sometimes you just have to make the decision you're going to do it. So that actually really wasn't that hard to achieve, was it? And you're like, oh no. So I need to dream bigger. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's uh, as I'm hearing you talk, it's like also reminds me of just getting out of the comfort zone that we tend to live in is sort of that safe place of like, well, we can't actually put on like a pageant right now in the middle of this weekend and you do it. And, and we do push it. push the edge and raise the bar, mm-hmm. which is quite amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's right here and it can happen right now, I suspect, yeah. if we're in the mindset of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, incredible. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, uh, so I was just going to say, yeah, and just to touch on that, like that whole Achievement Club piece, and not that we're here to pitch that, but I am a, a leader of the meetup in Drumheller, and it's so important to then after stay connected to those like-minded people and know that you are supported in it. Yeah. Um, and so that it can be dangerous that if you came to that weekend and then we just leave you off into the world, right? Right. So coming so that extra piece is to keep the lifestyle. Yeah. So whether it's up. with us or or finding those people out there, I think is important. Right. Wow. Fantastic. Well, like what a dream to make this all come together. It's exciting. Yeah. yeah, we really you know what we love it. We that's seriously to just be a part of other people's journeys. And watch them, like, we have a gentleman who came to Transformation Weekend in January, set this goal that he was going to move to Bali in a year, and <laughs> literally is in Bali now. Like, it's June. Yeah. He, he knew like, it. crushed yeah. it, crushed it, and was just like, I'm out of here, guys. And I was like, holy crap. Like, just to watch him go from, you know, sitting in that room, making a decision, moving forward with the directional activities he knew he had to do in the next year and just like slam it out of the park before mm-hmm. March 1st. Yeah, he just kept like, saying yes. Yeah, and it wasn't hard. He's like, this wasn't even hard. I don't know why I put it in my head that this was going to take so long Yeah, and it was possibly unattainable. And then it was just like, now he's in Bali and I'm following him on Instagram going... Bring me. I want to go to Bali. <laughs> so Lauren, I'm curious because like you, you both work in the capacity of coaches. Yeah. I, um, I'm curious from you, like somebody that is like, they have a, a little glimmer of what they want, like whether it's to go to Bali or change careers or mm-hmm. like if somebody's sitting with you in a session mm-hmm. and they're like, 
how do I move from A to B? Like, how does this, how do I even start? Yeah. Like, what do you offer? Like, what, what do you offer them? What kind of advice? One of the things I usually start with is, you know, how do you organize your day? I'm a real big time management person. I found that time management changed my life. Hmm. Like when I, when I heard people talk about like getting up at five o'clock in the morning, I was like, that's nuts. I'm, I'll never do that. Yeah. But when I started doing it and realizing like, I can get all this shit done in two hours before my kids even get out of bed. And then when my kids get out of bed, my energy is focused on them Yeah. instead of this, like, we got to go get your shoes on, get your shoes on. We got to go. And I was just like overwhelmed with, um, I ran a business, my husband worked shift work. I had two young babies and I was just overwhelmed, but I found when I learned how to manage my time more effectively, everything started to fall into place and I didn't, wasn't so anxious and I wasn't so scattered and I wasn't so moody when, you know, sh- things didn't happen my way, right? And because right. you have two young kids and a husband that works shift work, yeah. it's very rare stuff's going to go the way I really <laughs> planned it to go. Yeah. But if I have an idea and I'm like, okay, well, I can move this here and I can shift this here, whereas before it was just like, it was all over here. Yeah. And I was just trying, and trying to find time for myself. As a mom, mm. that is so key. Like an hour in the morning to get in your workout and have a coffee and set your intentions and be grateful is just like, it's changed everything for me. So usually I start with people like that. Do you have a routine? You know, do you do anything Mm -hmm. in the morning? Like, um, I, even when I first started doing it, it was 15 minutes of having coffee to myself. And I knew like when my kids got up, it wasn't like, mom, can you turn on the TV? Mom, can we have this? And I was just like, I just need to get a coffee and everybody <laughs> give me a minute. Yeah. But when I started doing it and I got my coffee in and then they woke up and it was like, and so it's flourished into this two hour morning routine, but I, I thrive on it. Oh, wow. And so does my family and they've noticed a difference. Um, I also ended up, I had uh, thyroid cancer, um, 18 months ago, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer and there was a lot of things that came back up for me, but I had that routine and I had all these things set in place that made it so much easier to deal with, you know, everything that was happening in that moment. I felt like if I hadn't had those things set up and I wasn't so grounded in where I was, it would have just added more chaos to everything else that I originally had started. So I always start with, you know, time management and figuring out where they flourish. And then it's just directional activities. Right. What do you got to do today? Most people get very overwhelmed with the result, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm very much about, don't worry about that. We're just going to work on today and then we're going to go forward from this. Okay, what do you got to yeah. do tomorrow? What What does this week look like? Right. How can you be consistent? And I find people are like, wow, this is way easier than I thought it was going to be, right? Because <laughs> it's not necessarily you doing the work. I'm they're doing the work, but I'm almost like, okay, now what? And they, they figure it out themselves. They just have, and a lot of time, and I work with mostly women. Um, so a lot of times, you know, it's moms and, you know, I got to do this and I got to be here and I got to, you yeah, know, it's drive a, lot a of child. Yeah, a lot of Task things. Oriented, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, I find when we figure out the time management piece and then we start organizing, you know, directional activities into there. Yeah. I, basically my job's done at that point. They yeah. usually keep me on a little longer because we like each other. But um, yeah, it it's so it's so cool to see people be like, wow, that's it, you know? Yeah. What's intriguing me as you're talking is like that two hour block of time in the morning sounds mm-hmm. really important. Mm-hmm. Is that all like kind of self-care work that you're mm-hmm. doing? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, out of that, I, I've noticed that just creating the space for myself is mm-hmm. so key mm-hmm. in order to understand how to navigate 
all the busyness, all the to-do lists. If mm-hmm. I don't have that time, it's like, it's kind of non-negotiable and now And even for me. like I found yeah. with my kids, like if I didn't get in a walk or, I, you know, like something, some mornings change, like I have a treadmill in my house and I do like um, online videos or whatever. So I yeah. do 30 minutes for sure. It doesn't, I, maybe I'm watching Crave on the treadmill. Maybe I'm doing a turbo kick or turbo fire or whatever <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, but I just found like, once I got that out of the way, then before it was always like, oh, when's it my time? When am I going to get 30 minutes to work out? Because it it never happened. Right. You know, when you own a business and you have young kids and so it's like you're, my husband's like, oh, I have court. And I'm like, what? I had no idea you had court. And then <laughs> someone's sick from school and it's like, oh, I'm never going to get this workout in. So it was just like, if I do it before everybody gets up, the rest of the day's ours. And I don't have to mm-hmm. stress about when I'm going to get my, t- my 15 minutes to myself to figure out what tomorrow looks like or... yeah. It wow, just, yeah, so great. it's so great. So it's, that's kind of the, the entryway to transformation really yeah. is putting yourself first and schedule so, time management. So much, Huge. so much. How about you Adele? What, how does this all add up for you? As I'm just sitting here nodding my head. Going, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm noticing yeah, she's that. nailing it. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, that's a huge component of transformation weekend is teaching, you know, how are we going to make this happen? Well, yeah. the only thing we all have is time, but how do we manage it um, is dependent on each other. But I can relate so much. I mean, I was a real estate agent and raising two young children and had someone on shift work and whatever. And so there was no time for me. And as a codependent, I was always making sure that everyone else is happy and they're taken care of and they're most important. Yeah. Um, so I did not have self-care at all, but learned exactly what Lauren said. It's getting up earlier and doing things before everyone's up and ready and because life is demanding. Um, we live in a society that people want answers and, you know, especially in real estate, you didn't know, like I could get a call now, I'm going to go show a house and mm-hmm. I need a paycheck. So you're, you need routine and schedule. Absolutely. For sure. Wow. And so do you have some sort of a practice? You get up early in the morning as well? Is that- um, I naturally get up now. I don't have an alarm. Um, I'm typically up between 5.30 and 6. Um, and that's usually where like, I'm guilty. So those that'll resonate, that's my like Facebook, Instagram time. So I personally haven't built in the meditation time and those things as of yet. I know they're super, super important. Yeah. Um, For you though, it's just time to be. Like it's with- time to be. Oh, yeah. it is. That is my, and then I'm prepping what my day is going to look like you know, doing my content for my Instagram. Cause now I don't do real estate. Um, I took the leap of faith and just decided that I'm going to trust the process and that I, I enjoy working two days a week for addiction, mental health, doing admin that pays my bills. It gives me benefits. That's only two days a week. Wow. The other days I get to do coaching and motivational stuff, workshops, but I get to be mom and mm. that is the most important job to me right now is raising teenage girls and I don't want to be tired and exhausted when they come home after school because I don't know what's walking through that door. Right. And it can sometimes hit me and be very draining yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm so fortunate that I was able to make that decision because not everyone can. Um, yeah. Hearing you speak about it, both of you, it's like, I think that it's just so interesting that as a society, for as long as I've been around, like we've kind of undervalued parenting, especially moms in terms of that being like a full-time job. Like it's, it's full on. Like you're right. You don't know what's going to walk through the door at three thirty or four. Right. And it's like so much of the energy goes out 
as a parent, I suspect. I don't have kids yet. I just yeah. watch my parents and several others. And it's like um, to kind of make ourselves the priority really seems to be a theme here that, that I'm picking up on as well, mm-hmm. like around all of this work is really putting yourself first so that you can serve others in a in that that way that's deeper than the surface of just going through the motions. Yes. Yeah, you can't serve from an empty cup. You know, we've all heard that saying, but it's so true. And I used to use it like a bank account. Like if I'm overdrawn, yeah, I've got nothing left to give. And right. caregiver burnout is so huge, especially around like first responders. Um, so as is like if, if they're struggling and they have PTSD or they're depressed and what have you, their spouse is then triggered by that so they're in it as well and who's helping who at this point right Right. Um, and then yeah you have these amazing little humans you've brought into the world that they need you but you've got nothing to give them and so then you get irritated and you might yell at them or you know kind of lose your mind on them that's not fair to them they're just asking to help tie their shoelace and you're just like but you can tie your shoelace. I know you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Like I taught you how to do yeah. this. Yeah. It's like the high stress and pressure of the outside world can really get to us if we're not grounding ourselves. Mm-hmm. It sounds like. And I totally would agree with you completely on this stuff. Yeah. I um I'm also just so curious about this whole first responder world that you both have had a lot of um experience in. And I mean, it's a it's a let's just face it, I mean, that's a very, very challenging line of work first responding. I mean, this is like high stress. You're at the scene of like the crime or the whatever's going on and you're the first to be there and deal with it on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know that there's some people that are listening that definitely have connections to that world as well. Mm-hmm. How have you learned to navigate in that world and remain in balance and in check? Um, and any tips or advice you could give for people that are living highly stressed lives, it might not be first responding, right. but like, how do you find that kind of calm amongst the storm? Like, how does that happen? It's, oh, it's hard to find a calm in that storm. And I like, because I have a background as a first responder. Um, and as soon as I left my job as a first responder, my husband became a first responder. So wow. we kind of, yeah, I was a corrections officer and then I decided not to do that anymore. And then he's like, I think I'll be a police officer. And I was like, wow, here we go again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, so we have, you know, because I have the background in working with what I've done and I had um, some trauma and some um, addiction issues that surrounded my experience as a correctional officer, Um I had trouble sleeping, I had severe insomnia, and I I drank and took pills in order to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And then I found out I was pregnant. And then I was like, well, now what, right? Like, that's no longer an option. Um, So then I got involved with, like, yoga and meditation and exercise and nature and... Then I decided I was gonna. I was better. Like I'm like, wow, I can totally go back to this job. And the second I drove into that parking lot, I felt it all come back. Like the tension in my head, my jaw clenching, um, the negative environment, the toxicity that was involved in it. And I liked my job. Um, I had a really hard time just processing things, and sometimes needed a little longer than some people did. But mm-hmm. that wasn't allotted to us. Um, and now when I see my husband, like, um, we were talking about this last night when he comes off night shift, it's like that day is nothing. I don't plan to go out with friends. I don't plan to whatever. It's like, that's our day to recoup, 
regenerate, let him, you know, process what he needed to go through. But I was always, I'm always the extrovert. I'm always like, let's go. What are we doing? Where are we going? Who are we going to see? My youngest child is very much like this, like every morning, mom, where are we going? What are we doing? (laughs) Um, So I got my energy from being with other people, whereas my husband gets his energy from from recharging his batteries on his own. So that was really hard to understand. So understanding what you are, what your spouse is, are you an extrovert, are you an introvert? And also um, really like understanding each other's languages and um, even love languages, like things like that. Like how how does he receive love? How do I receive love? And then kind of integrating that into where does this all fit in? Right. And I, I do a morning routine. He is not a morning person at all. Mm. And he's like, I don't know how you do this. I have no idea how you do this. But he does it typically later at night. That's where he does his um, his most of his work. But it's interesting to watch him. As I know what I've gone through, it's interesting to watch him and be like, okay, this is where we need to chat or what happened today. I don't need all the details. Most of the time I don't want all the, all the details, but just having an awareness around, you know, where am I? What am I feeling? Do I need to take an extra day? Um, and you know, dealing with your health because nobody, nobody wants to work with someone who has a broken leg. Right. And it's the exact same thing. It's like, do I don't want my partner to have a broken leg if we need to respond to something. So do I want them to be mentally broken at the same time? So there's a lot surrounding, you know, what, what does it look like for you? And everybody is so different, right? It's, but it's the awareness piece, knowing that you're either in it or you're not in it. And that's where people struggle the most. Right. I, you know, you're touching on something really interesting too, is just the relationship between somebody that's a first responder and maybe somebody that isn't right. as well. And like, how do you support somebody that's in that line of work that's high stress? And a lot of times like top secret clearance too, that mm-hmm. a lot of what's happening on their job can't even be shared. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. just totally not, Yeah, we can't talk about it. Yeah. So like a lot of that I imagine gets held inside for that individual. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like he does hold a, he. Not that he holds a lot in. He'll be like, it was a bad day. Like there was a call involving a kid or whatever it was. And then I know that 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 was a bad one Uh, because he knows what his good calls are and bad calls are. Like he's like, I love getting dog calls because I know that I'm just going to a dog, right? Like that's it. That's That's easy. As a partner, like how do you support somebody in that? I I just learned what he he needs in what days. Like I know night shifts are a little bit different. Um, I know that, you know, he typically doesn't get time to eat. So making sure that there's things that he can grab, um, making like night shift. It's always like, I I was telling the guys last night, I'm like, can you put your dish in the dishwasher? And he's like, I'm on night. So I'm like, right. Okay. Then I'll do it. Right. (laughs) So then it's just like, yeah. yeah. So there's like this really big understanding about, you know, and he's fabulous. Like my husband is the best dad, the best husband. His days off are like full Full on. on doing the things. But when he's working, it's just like, you know, we, we have an understanding of what happens around here and who does what. And, um, some days are better than others. Like some nights he's like, I'm like, can I go to yoga? And he's like, maybe not tonight. And I'm like, all right. You know? Mm -hmm. And, and I know that I'm, I can't be dead set on those things right? because if I'm not flexible, then it makes it really hard. Like he's like, I just can't put the kids to bed tonight. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Or we figure it out. Right. We, it's a communication piece for sure. That's communicating, what I was, yeah, what you need and what you and we're both pretty good at it because I understand that 
background from before. Whereas he, he had no idea what to do with me when I was drinking and taking pills and being super moody and not being able to sleep and struggling. He had no idea what to do, but he worked away. So we didn't see it as often. And at some point he was like, okay, this is bad. Something's so, going on. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You were going to say Adele yeah, about sorry. communication. Oh yeah. I mean, that was something that we didn't have. Um, you and your partner. Yeah. yeah. Me and my ex-husband. Um, again, I, I sacrificed is how I felt right. And that he's on nights and you know, he has this tough job and it's hard for him and he's hypervigilant at work and he comes home and you have, everything has an opposite equal reaction, right? So if he's hypervigilant up there making life decisions in seconds all day, he comes home and I'm like, what do you want for supper? And he's yeah. just like, oh, are you talking to me? Like he, he's not even going to respond to like, I don't know what I want for supper because he's just done, right? He gets yeah. to come home and be done. Um, but I didn't know that for 15 years. No wow. one, there's no training education for a spouse as to how are you going to cope and handle this when they come home? Right. Um, and so once I learned that, I could better understand how I could support him in that way. Um, he's not being selfish. He really it just needs that time to debrief, to, you know, even take 24 hours just to do what he needs to do to come back out of that. Where I'm like, Lauren, or I was like, okay, you're done work. Let's do stuff. Let's, you know, be a couple. Let's, right. you know, and he doesn't want to engage with other people and he doesn't want to socialize with people outside of the trust circle. Um, and, and so it can be very difficult, but if you have a partnership with somebody that you understand what love is, that love means I'm not trying to change you. I accept you for who you are. Um, and then communicating what your needs are and understanding that you're two separate individuals that came into this relationship, that you're still allowed to do those separate things. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't mean that I don't want to be with you or whatever. Like I took it so personally if he wouldn't do things with me. Mm. I had no idea that it was just that he needed time and space yeah. to just debrief, I guess, is my best, come back to normal. Right. Um, so if you're not communicating that, right, he's not telling you or she, they could be a he or she in the first responder world, if they're not communicating to you what their needs are, and they might not know what they are, which then makes it even more difficult. Right. Because as we talked about, like, if they don't know, how are they at all going to communicate this to a spouse? Right. So if as a spouse coming in, you can start to recognize and be able to have the conversation to say, I'm just noticing like you're a little checked out or whatever. Do you need some time? And if they are like, oh, I didn't even notice, but thanks for bringing it to me. I think you are like, you got this made. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if they're like right away, their wall is up and like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm fine. Then that's where we're going to have struggles and difficulties in a relationship. And like the awareness piece. Corrections officers have the highest divorce rate, suicide rates. Um, they die at 58, right? right? Like a year and a half after retirement. So that was a piece I struggled with is there's this pension. It's like a carrot that would dangle in front of, you know, federal employees to stay. And in I was like, yeah, yeah, right. And I'm like, but you don't like it. Like, let's get out. Like statistically, you're only going to enjoy that pension for a year and a half. My gosh, like, right? get yeah. out, do what you love to do. Yeah. Don't go to a job that you absolutely hate, that you say you're not bringing home, 
but you're bringing it home the day you walk into that job. Yeah. The thing, the thing I find too, like as I think about back when I did my thing, I was always forward. I was always thinking ahead. What if this happens? What if you're always what ifing? Like, and you're never present. You are never sitting, even at a restaurant. You're like, hey, I'm going to sit here because the door's there. These are the things I'm going to throw at the. Yeah, I'm going to throw this at the shooter. I can. There's an obstacle here. Okay, so okay, so we're ready to go. But it's never like here. And right. I find that's where a lot of people struggle with relationships too, is there's, there's always this hypervigilance and it's always like, they're just waiting for the next thing to happen because they're trained that way. Totally. And I was trained like that forever. Like we were always taught, okay, so you're supposed to sit here and be like, okay, if this happens, I'll do this. And what if this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I find with my husband, I'm like, whoa, come here. Just like, <laughs> come Right here. Don't be thinking about what's happening <laughs> here. And it took, it's probably, I'm still not great at it. Um, I'm still very much about like what's coming, what's next. But I always have to remind myself, you just have to be here right now. How you, do you practice bringing yourself oh, back? Meditation. You, <laughs> meditation for you? Uh, yeah, it's, it's almost, um, I like the word and. <laughs> Sometimes when I hear the word and, I'm like, okay, stay like here. A-N-D? Yeah, and Because it's used a lot, right? Yeah. So some, when people say and, I'm like, okay, go back. Be here, be here. Oh, so it's like a trigger. It's word just like for a you trigger word for me. That yeah, brings you back mm-hmm, to the moment. Mm-hmm. If I hear and, um, sometimes I say I spell it out in my head. I can see and in my head. I don't know why that was a word, but oh, that's neat. That's yeah, I just very, I'm very aware of it now because uh-huh. I'm. My husband does it. I we hang out with police officers, and I can see them doing it. And I'm like, we just have to be here. Let's just have our dinner and enjoy you know, whatever we're doing, um, because you are trained to constantly be like Mm -hmm. here all the time Mm -hmm. and ready to respond. As I'm hearing you both talk about it, it's like the first responder world is in some ways it's just slightly accelerated, but I have to say like the world that we're all in right now is so accelerated. It's Mm -hmm. like, we are all on this agenda of trying to get somewhere. And it's like, we just have such a hard time dropping into the moment and you know hearing hearing you talk about it i'm thinking about how easy it is to check out of the moment but like to drop into the moment is really where all the clarity is and how we're going to navigate it's like so important so what you're bringing up here i mean we're kind of all over the map in terms of relationships and career (laughs) and transforming your life and self-care but you know what i'm appreciating about this conversation is that we're talking about uh, what's so real it's like it's like raw and it's real because we're all in some way up against these these factors and trying to find balance in it all and I think you're touching on something really important here is is this place of presence of being yes. of learning how to the end learning how to come back to and be here like it's mm-hmm. really key so um key. I, I I want to also ask you about I know that you're doing some training for first responders and their spouses and their families. Can you just share a little bit about what that looks like? Like, how does that work? So we, um, Adele and I are like, we need uh, to talk to people and let them share their story. So part of my um, journey with cancer um, and trauma is just telling my story mm-hmm. and sharing it. And I, the first time I actually like out loud said it was this January to a group, um, at transformation weekend. I had no idea who was in that room. I had no idea who was going to receive it, but it was like, it was something I just wanted to share Mm. to say, it's okay to be in this space. It's okay to experience trauma. It's okay to have these symptoms and 
you know, let's get work through it. This is kind of what I did. Um, and in that room was a police officer that left his job with Regina Police Service uh, for the, basically the same things. And another lady who came to me who said, I really think you need to talk to my cousin because her and her husband are some tr- struggling with some things. So it was very, um, it was very cool to me to know that uh, my journey and my story healed um, a little piece of me and it also helped two other people in that room. Wow. And then I shared it with um, some people that I worked with at the prison. So one of our friends passed away, um, a correctional officer, February 21st, she died of esophageal cancer. Mm. And as we all sat around at this funeral, we all realized we were going through the exact same thing at the exact same time, but nobody talked about it. We never shared it. We never um, had conversations around it. And we were just like, how do we bring this forward? How do we let people share their story? And then when I um, was diagnosed with cancer, it was another little piece too that I, you know, I started connecting with people that had the same cancer I had and we shared stories and there was a healing piece and there's so much psychology um, background that shows that sharing your story is a part of healing and healing for you and healing for others, knowing that you're not alone Mm -hmm. um, in the things that you're experiencing. So we were just kind of like, you know, how do we build a community? It's not about, you know, talking about so much what's out there, like offering resources, of course, but letting people just share Mm. so that they can feel like they're not alone. Right. I can sense that even in the conversation here that there's a lot of that and it's so important. And I'm just connecting the dots as you're talking about how, yeah, the the sharing of our stories, like to have the courage to even speak, because a lot of us just hold it in, but to actually speak it it's like it's healing for us, mm-hmm. but it's also it could change somebody else's life by hearing mm-hmm. your courage or your vulnerability or that just piece, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had the honor and pleasure to write, um, co-author in a book last year called What Self-Love Got to Do With It. And my chapter is Codependent, Happy Co-Parent. And my purpose was just to be able to share my story knowing that there's somebody out there that's going to read this, that's going to resonate with them. And as Lauren said, knows they aren't alone. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it almost gave the, pow- the story less power over me. I was able to say, you know what? It doesn't define me. I have grown and I'm resilient and I can recognize, you know, maybe how things didn't go right um, along the way. But what have I changed the growth? Like what have, where I've come from um, by sharing that story and then realizing... Wow, like, yeah, that doesn't find me. That doesn't even almost pertain to me anymore, even though it's still my story. Right. So there's a release factor to just sharing it. Mm-hmm. So amazing. And so to have, yeah, like we did Drumheller as a first responder night, which is where I'm from. There's a federal institution there as well. And we had firefighters in the room and um, spouses of corrections. And um, actually, we even had a clerk that works at the institution. Mm. Um, and you don't realize that they too are impacted um, by the work environment that they're in and the things that they hear and see. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to have that come to our small community of like 5,000 people, uh, it was great to hear their vulnerability and recognize that they were there either to support their spouse or that they were an officer willing to be brave enough to say, you know what, I'm going to come here, see what this is about 
and know that I can start having these hard conversations and be a peer support to someone else that might be going through it. Um, We recently lost an officer to suicide who had struggled for many years and it hit our community hard um, for sure. And it's like, we can't lose anymore. Like we need to talk about this. There's no shame and there's no judgment. Um, You're not considered weak. Um, You just are going through some trauma and know that you have supports. I can almost see like this wall coming down when you just think about like so many of us have these walls surrounding us where we are scared to share what our truth is. I can only imagine in corrections or in like first responder or whatever that is. I mean, it's so hard to share because you're, it's so intense and maybe too, you can't show a lot of weakness because it's like, you got to be strong for everybody else. Would you guys, would you say that like part of the shift that could happen is is breaking down those walls, like within those institutions. Yes. How would you begin that process? Like how could that actually That's what happen? we're doing. Well, yeah, that's what we're trying to get, almost create a community where it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to share. Like I, like I said, I wouldn't want my partner to be going into an incident with me with a broken leg. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. It's an emotional injury. Right. It's same as a physical injury. You go to the doctor when you break your leg, you don't pretend like it isn't broken and drag yourself around yeah. hoping no one notices, right? right? And I know like I know my mom um, had caught on to like a few things and my husband was like picking up things, but they didn't know. Like I didn't even actually know that I was going to be a corrections officer. So I actually thought I signed up to be like a caseworker and I oh, showed wow. up at the training and I was like, oh shit, I'm going to be a prison guard. And my mom's <laughs> no like, kidding. my mom's like, I'll come pick you up. You're not doing that. And I'm like, no mom, I think I'm going to try it. Um, so it was a pretty, I had a, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. So when people were like, well, you knew what you were signing up for. I'm like, I'm, I actually didn't. Yeah. No. You were kind of put in it <laughs> like, very like, ironically. <laughs> if we, they call correctional officers in female institutions, primary workers. So as it was explained to me, it was like a caseworker job. So I'm like, oh, perfect. I'll do that then. And in 2004, like we didn't have the internet in our house. I just found out about the job and sent a resume. And then they said, you have to write a test and do um, an interview. And then I I was hired. Next thing I know, I'm in Saskatoon. (laughs) I'm a prison guard. It was like totally, totally crazy. But it's almost like people people feel shame and people feel, you know, um, all these things. But if you think of it like an emotional trauma or emotional injury, there's less attached to that then. So it's almost like making people aware or not making them, encouraging them to take those steps to go within themselves and being like, is this who I am? Right. Is this how I want to live my life? Mm -hmm. Um, Because that was big for me. Like it, you know, is this who I am? And then it was like, no, like I had I had a lot of journaling. I did a lot of journaling for a really long time. I still journal because I find I just found new little pieces of myself and old pieces floated away. And it was like, that's not who I am anymore. And I don't need to carry this with me. Wow. Um, yeah. So I think what we want to do is just encourage people to be brave and step out and tell their story so that others can mm-hmm. feel compelled to tell their story and then there's going to be less less shame and more in the institution where I think in my head is more of the institution being proactive Mm -hmm. and being less reactive like teaching people and training these are the things that you possibly could experience and if you start 
you know, going through these things, then we need to talk to people. Then we need to start opening up. But when I went through mine and I called in and said, like, I'm, I won't be there for six weeks. Like it was like, what, what do you mean? Uh, it's Christmas. You're really effing over a bunch of people here. Like that was the response that I got. And I was like, I'm actually really sick. And my doctor says I can't come for at least six weeks. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, kind of being so that people don't get to that point, right? Like what's the proactive approach that we need to take here to ensure that our staff and the people that work here are healthy, not only for themselves, for the people that they work with, for the inmates, for the, the, for the environment as a whole, right? It was very toxic. I don't know what it's like anymore, but I remember just like feeling overwhelmed with negativity and stress the second I walked in there every single day. Yeah. And knowing that I didn't want to live like that anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm appreciating about this all is just how life has um, guided you both to this awareness and it like it's transformation in itself where Mm. you're signing up to be a corrections officer without even knowing and you're like, oh my gosh, but I'll ride this out. Or you're, you know, you're in a relationship, Adele, with somebody that you're like, this actually isn't the person I want to be with and having the courage to go through all of that. And then come out on the other side and share your stories and then create a safe space for others to share their stories. I mean, this is transformational work that you're doing and creating in the world. So I just want to really honor you both for for being courageous enough to to follow that and to open up the space for people to really step into their own and, and share vulnerably and so that they can heal and they can make a difference and that especially in the world of first responders, but in general, like um, we can just see more of that sort of moving from reactive into, like you said, into that more kind of creative, proactive um, mindset. It's so inspiring. So I um, we're getting close to the end of our podcast, yeah. Yeah. but I, I just wanted to um, direct people to where can we get more information if we want to take part in a transformation weekend or know a bit more about the first responding work that you're doing with groups. Where can people find you? Sure, I'll start. Um, so to, to find me is Adele D Speaks. Um, I'm on Instagram, um, my Facebook, AdeleDSpeaks.com. Um, that's my website and you can find information. There's always links on my page. I'm sure Lauren's the same that you can find Transformation Weekend cool. and our events there. But uh, transformationweekend.ca is uh, where you'd find more information on those events. Um, we are coming across Canada, so there could be one close to you for sure. Um, We're planning on coming here in September or October. To to Winnipeg? Yeah, to Winnipeg, yeah. So anyone listening in other parts of the world, fly to Winnipeg and check this out. Winnipeg's (laughs) a great destination. (laughs) Yes, it is. We love Winnipeg, actually, really. Um, So my stuff, my coaching business is called Break Complacency. Okay. Um, And so you can find me at Break Complacency, Facebook, um, Instagram, all of those places. And again, links to other things. My website is Lauren Hope Cleveland. Hope is my maiden name. So I threw the the hope part in there just for fun. Um, yeah. And links are involved in there. Um, I have the events on right on my website. So the next um, first responder one, which we haven't completely decided on where that's going to happen, but we've had a few requests. Mm-hmm. So um, as soon as that comes up, then we'll go forward. Okay, wonderful. Well, I hope that everybody listening will have a chance to go check this out. And especially if you're moving through um, change and looking for some transformation in your own way, please contact these two amazing women. They are offering some amazing opportunities for you to grow. So thanks for being on the podcast. Oh, thanks, Thanks, Keith. So great to be here.
All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. I am feeling really inspired right now to be more courageous and share more of my story vulnerably, knowing that it's going to heal myself and heal the people around me. I hope you'll consider doing the same and um, together we can, we can make a difference. We can move into more and more transformation on the planet. So until next time, everybody, be well, stay in touch, uh, subscribe to the podcast, Let's Connect, and we'll see you again at the next episode.